become misfortune. <laughs> I'm watching you. Hey guys, welcome to episode 11 of Macabre Misfortunes. Hey everybody. Tracy, it's unusual with modern safety equipment today that you would ever hear about two planes colliding in midair. It still happens on occasion, but very rare. That's true. That was not always the case, though. In fact, the tragic accident that we're about to discuss was instrumental in the development of some of the safety equipment that are used on planes today. Our story takes place in San Diego. It's the 25th of September, 1978. There would be a collision of a small private Cessna plane with a commercial jet airliner that people in the area will never forget. That's kind of weird because I just watched Emergency, that show. (laughs) Yeah, from the 1970s. Exactly. And the exact same thing just happened. You just said it was a small plane crashed into an airliner. Well, it might be inspired by this story. Oh, I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. On this particular day, Pacific Southwest Airline 182 was about to do what they thought was a routine landing at San Diego International Airport, which was actually called Lindbergh Field back then. It had been an uneventful flight up to this point. The crew was actually in a great mood. They were joking, and it was a clear, beautiful day. This would soon quickly change, though, because of a little static in the radio system. The plane, a 727 Boeing, had left Sacramento, California earlier that day, and after a quick um, stopover in L.A., it reached the airspace of San Diego at about 9 a.m. There were 135 people on board Flight 182. The thing that we need to know about this airport, crucial part of the story, is that it only had one runway. I don't know how many runways most major, especially an international airport, would have. Or if San Diego has another airport, I didn't look that up. Mm-hmm. But it just seems to me like one runway is, yeah, that, you know, it's, that, that seems like not very much for a big airport. Well, no, it seems like a problem waiting to happen. Well, this means that at any given time, there could be multiple planes circle around the airspace waiting to land because if you get there and it's not your turn you just circle i know that happens a lot especially in chicago even though they got a lot more runways there's Mm -hmm. such heavy air traffic now one of the other planes that was in the air at the time was a small private cessna with a pilot that was in training behind the controls with his trainer on board so you had both of them This particular day, the Cessna pilot was learning how to blindly navigate the controls. They do this by wearing a special hood, almost like a helmet, that darkens their view outside but allows them to be able to see the controls inside. This simulates bad weather conditions. Okay. Now, this is necessary training uh, because on days where there's heavy fog or bad weather, you may not be able to see the runway. 
So you still have to be able to land even if you can't see that. And you do that by relying on your gauges. Okay. Yes. So that's what this training is meant to do. None of this is unusual whatsoever. The Cessna was repeatedly circling and approaching the runway to gain the practice. Mm -hmm. Okay. At 8.59, Air Flight 182 was notified by the air traffic controllers that the Cessna was close in close proximity and it was about one mile north of them. Okay. So the, the PSA captain responded that he could see it and the air traffic control then told Flight 182 to maintain physical separation. This is important because basically what they were doing is they were given 100% responsibility to the jet airliner to keep an eye on the Cessna and make sure they stayed out of its way. Mm -hmm. So they had to do any maneuvers or anything to avoid being hit if if it came time. Well, the pilots were busy with all of their other responsibilities and they momentarily lost sight of the Cessna. When they looked back from what they were doing... The houses below made it really hard to see the small plane. Because you can imagine if you just look down and you're just seeing, you're not looking in the sky where it's nothing yeah, but the plane. Clear, you're, yeah. you're seeing downwards and there's all these houses and mm-hmm. stuff. They probably make it hard to pick a plane out. It'd be like a jigsaw puzzle yeah, or something. Yeah, I can see that. Obviously, everything blended together. So about this time, air traffic control radioed again to remind the jet to keep an eye out for the Cessna. Well, there was obviously some confusion going on in the cockpit amongst the pilots because the captain said, is that the one we're looking at? And then the first officer said, yeah, but I don't see it now. Now, since they couldn't see it, there was no possible way they could keep an eye on it. And this is what they should have called air traffic control and said, hey, we don't see the plane. Well, the captain did. He radios the tower, and what he said was, and this is very, very nitpicky, it seems, but important. He said, I think he's passed off to our right. Now, the wording here is important because he used the past tense. And to the air traffic controller, this meant, or, you know. He's already went by. Well, to him, yeah. But to the pilot, this means that he can't see the plane. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's already passed off. But remember, I told you at the beginning of the story, there was a problem with some radio static. And because of this radio static, the air traffic controller heard something completely different. He heard, I think he is passing off to the right, not passed. Oh. So when he heard that, he assumed since he said present tense, the air traffic controller thought that he must still be able to see the plane. Mm-hmm. That difference in that one word, word yep. and some static, that simple difference is going to affect what the air traffic controller did next. You see, a, a proximity alarm sounded, and he canceled it. Because, as far as he knew, the pilots in Flight 182 could see the Cessna, and they were keeping their distance, so that must have been a false alarm. Oh, gosh. So the controller radioed the Cessna, and he let them know that the jet was going to be keeping an eye on them and Mm -hmm. and keeping their distance, but he made no further radio calls to Flight 182. If he did, he would have been told that they couldn't see the plane. 
Now, since they didn't hear anything from air traffic control, they didn't see the plane, it was going to be a major problem. And there was still more confusion in the cockpit of Flight 182. Matter of fact, on the flight uh, recorder, you know, they always had that on, on board recorder. The first officer can be heard asking, are we clear of that Cessna? The flight engineer responded, we should be. And then the captain said, I guess. Then someone is heard laughing. And then the off-duty captain said, I hope. Oh, gosh, those but are not good words. But they're laughing and joking well, about yeah. it because they, you know. Yeah. So the captain said, oh, yeah, before we uh, turn downward, I saw the, the plane at about one o'clock. He's probably behind us now. So with that said, Flight 182 went into its landing procedures. The jet, not seeing the Cessna, started bearing down on the plane. And the Cessna didn't see the jet either. Seconds later, the two would crash into each other. The heavily damaged Cessna dropped straight down and crashed into the street. Both the pilot and the trainer were killed on impact. Flight 182 burst into flames. The captain then called air traffic control, and he warned them that they were about to crash, and then he informed the passengers that they needed to brace for impact. The last thing that the flight recorder captured was one of the men, not really sure who, in the cockpit saying, Ma, I love you. Oh. Flight 182 then crashed into a neighborhood creating a huge firestorm which swept through the quiet residential area. All 135 on PSA Flight 182 were killed instantly. Seven others on the ground were also killed and nine severely injured. To make the story even more tragic, on board the flight, aside from the pilots, There were 29 other pilots and staff of Pacific Southwest Airlines. The loss of so many colleagues in one incident was devastating to everyone who worked at the airline. The neighborhood went from a quiet, normal morning to a fiery war zone without any type of warning whatsoever. 22 houses were destroyed and several of the neighbors had suffered severe psychological trauma. There, of course, was a long investigation, and it was eventually determined that several mistakes had led to disaster. But obviously, the misheard radio signal was listed as the main issue. This could all have been avoided if they would have adhered to strict use of radar equipment that was currently available at the location. Which, when you think about it, I mean, like, he if he'd have just, when he had that warning... Instead of turning it off just to be sure, called and said, hey, I got this. That could have prevented it. But why? They should have been doing that anyway instead of having the pilots. You know, they had a chance. They could have looked at radar and been able to do that instead of having the pilots visually look to try to find this plane. Okay, but why didn't they have, why didn't the little plane watch out for the big plane? I mean, why was it the other way around? Well, but you would think the big plane would have priority. but But in the end, it didn't matter because the big plane was the one that crashed into the little plane. The little plane was below them. So in the end, it was the big plane's fault. 
I mean, they both should have been watching out for each other if you're going to do it that way. But I guess because the jet was so much bigger and quicker that maybe it's got the availability to get out of the way quicker or something, I'm not sure. Well, how horrific. After the accident, the airspace around the airport was reclassified. Any air traffic that entered was now going to be guided by radar, which is what it should have been done to begin with. It was also one of the incidents that resulted in the development and use of the traffic collision and avoidance system. These are installed on almost any bigger aircraft, and it actually shows if you're on a collision course with another plane. Mm -hmm. So you picture, picture this. Picture, everybody knows what the radar looks like. You know, it's just a rounded thing yeah. with the other circles inside. Mm-hmm. This actually shows if a, if a plane starts getting close to your area, it sets off a loud uh, warning signal mm-hmm. inside. And then it actually even gives you suggestions on what to do to avoid the, uh, uh, you know, collision in yeah. the air. So that was, that was the one of the things that was actually created because of this crash. And a couple other ones, but that was the main one. And... They also use this case as a case study whenever they're training new pilots right. on what to do and not do. So, Good Lord. Not, not good. No, it's not. So you figure Makes me so sad. 137 people on board the planes, another yeah. seven people. So 144 people died basically because of some miscommunication. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes you think, that's for sure. All right, Tracy, so I like to do, to throw in a strange or kind of fact, you know, gory fact or creepy fact or whatever we want to do. You ever heard somebody use the term, they died of a broken heart? Yes. Did you know that's a real thing? Yes. Works better if you say no. Oh, sorry. No. (laughs) (laughs) heartbreak can trigger a massive flood of emotions that can cause fatal heart attacks i believe it though i heard a story the other day speaking of which i got a friend of mine a facebook friend who is a um i'll probably get some of the facts wrong because i'm not reading directly but she's she's a nurse and she does a lot of hospice stuff yes and there was a couple that they had been married. They were in their 80s. They'd been married for 60 some odd years. Sweet. And the woman was very ill. Hospice had been called in. Over the course of a week, she said that her husband sat with her almost every second holding her hand. And he would go get her drinks and he would get a a washcloth and put on her head if she needed it. And he would talk to her and sing to her. (laughs) And unfortunately she passed away. And then he passed away later that afternoon. No, he did not. And she said she hadn't, he, he didn't even really any show any signs of being sick or anything, but you know, and she figured he would probably go shortly after, but she didn't figure it'd be the same afternoon. My heart. Oh my gosh. That's so sweet. Just couldn't stand to be away from her. No. Oh, my so, gosh. It's kind of a cool love story. You it know, is very. You don't have to worry about being away from each other for mm-hmm. too long. Very sweet. So. Hurry up, because I'm about to cry. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, and we'll talk to you next week. Love y'all.